0: That he had a little. He had a quick sixteen or whatever. And I think yeah. Jerome. Who else was? Who else was it? Who else done it? Marlon, Jerome. I think maybe it was Derek. I don't know they, But yeah, I think I,
1: Derek I, was in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I couldn't spit, so I was. These are all
1: public popular kids. Like. So I, Listen I, yes, I <laughs> yeah.
0: was. I think I, I don't think I was popular. I think I was just like, yeah, cool. We we just we just all had a lot of mutuals in it. Yeah. I wasn't like yeah. Oh, everyone, well, oh I, look at Jay like
1: I I. I honestly think that um, growing up in that era, in the school as well, if people got to know me as for who I was, like, I, I came to the school a year after my first stepdad had died. Yeah. So when I came in, as much as I was a bit of a brute and that, it was very difficult for me because the presence of a man at home wasn't at home. And I... Came to school on my first day with ankle swingers with police shoes on. Mm. That doesn't go down well. So, and a yellow backpack as well. So, it was like, I basically walked into school with a target on my head to bully me with a last name
0: as Bell as well. Oh, ding a a ling School <laughs> bell <Bellerick>. rings. <laughs> like hey, don't kill me, bro. But, said, <laughs> nah, but, but you know what it is? The thing is, you see, like, kids. But I yeah? think that made me, though. Definitely. But you see, you see, kids, yeah, as in when, like, when we was kids. We were just like like ignorant idiots in in, yeah. in in the most respectful way because you know like obviously you're in school you're in your own bubble in you don't really know what school, what people are going through like in their personal lives yeah. so like you said you came to school but no one knows you were you were dealing with grief in it like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say no but because we're just so in our own realm like and so like are fixated on just dumb stuff and and partly it's it's not our fault because we're, we're young innit? we're kids in it I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not I'm not condoning like bullying but. Like, cause obviously, like bullying is not like you, you can distinguish between bull- bullying and and just like having a little joke and do you know what I mean? But yeah. I think like because if people are kind of known a bit, okay, you know, what, my man's he just had a he's going through something. Let's just kind of just chill in it on the, on the band or chill on the, Do you know what I mean? But we didn't we didn't have that kind of like filter in it. Do you know what I mean? To kind of say, uh, but
1: I didn't publicize it.
0: Exactly, that's what I'm saying. No. But I'm saying I'm saying if you had, like, if you, well, I don't I, I don't know. I can't say if you had maybe said something. Would that kind of change maybe the way people, maybe may in it, some people wouldn't, because not everyone was like. Yeah, but like,
1: like, all right, so we'll talk about it, yeah? Um, I didn't see anything wrong. Like, I watched my first stepdad die of cancer within seven years. So I'd watched seven years of his life of me catering to him in his deathbed. It wasn't something like he got cancer and like he just died. It was a 22 year battle with cancer and then it was when I was in year 6 that he had died and year 7 I came to the school so it was like I, I do you know what me talking about you brings flashbacks because of the nightmares I was getting as a kid but the thing is the support network behind it I didn't have no one to talk to I didn't know how to express myself I didn't know how to say I needed help in a sense. And then it was only until even now, at the age I am, I still don't know how to ask for help. I I battle with things eternally. Like I, like I said to you previously, I go into a shell and that's my coping mechanism. So it was like, when I was back then, the only thing I can say was my release was street. I needed to prove to myself that I was hard enough to get through it. I needed a family, so I went into gangs and things like that to have my release. It was only until other things that happened in my life that, let's just put it like this, I was a neek in school, but on the road, I wasn't a neek. I was part of a gang that a lot of people feared, as you remember MZ. Yeah, I was part of MZ, I was a Marcus Garvey boy. Mm. MZ used to fear us. So where was that base? Like, Summerlating. Okay. I grew up in a state in Brixton called Summerlating. Some live, some die. Okay. But it was like, I grew up with a Caribbean background. Like a lot of people used to bully me because I used to go around school saying I'm Jamaican. I still even till today say I'm Jamaican. Because working in the corporate environment, people hear my accent and be like, where are you from? Does that... Like, makes sense mm, yes. so i turn around to them and say i've grown up as a jamaican and i speak fast but slow at the same time with a little bit of a twist to my accent because if i speak to a jamaican person you'll hear my tongue twist i will turn from english to patois and i don't even know it
0: mm.
1: so it, it's that complication if that makes sense yeah mm. but like it's always been a struggle identity so. crisis
0: but like what you said earlier, as in that was your way of like, whether, whether or not it was the right or wrong way, that's that was your way of coping. Like yeah. You know what? Okay, this is, this is where I feel like safe, where I can deal with it. And like, obviously, but at what point going through that, dealing with that, you realize, you know what, this is not even working. This is not even the right way to kind of cope with this.
1: Do you know what? There was never really a moment in my time that I was like, I didn't know. It was a release. It was only until I got up to my mid like twenties that I realized that my behaviour back then was me trying to express things. It's not like I had a very structured background behind me. And what I mean by that, I grew up in foster care. I saw kids come in and go. Uh my twin, when I was seven, got adopted. I never got adopted. So I haven't seen my I I haven't seen my twin for f- 22 years nearly.
0: I didn't even know you was a twin.
1: Yeah. Philip knows that I'm a twin. My my twin was called Leonardo. Mm. But that was forgotten. A lot of my life growing up was forgotten. And where I say my first stepdad passed away, and why I say first, there is a second stepdad. And we will come to him later on in the story because he has a significant to how I cope with things now if that makes sense because Mm. yeah so with my first stepdad Philip knew my first stepdad Philip knew and Wayne as well because they went to my primary school uh, and they went to my primary school so they knew me but when they went to secondary school because they their mums didn't want them to hang around with me I lost that support network these were school these were primary school friends does that make sense? Because mm, yeah. like one of the biggest people that caused me trouble in secondary school was Kembo.
0: Kembo. Oh yeah, Kembo. Oh man, these names are just bringing them back. But I can't be saying that live on the pod. Oh, that was cold. But no, nah, can ke- nah but yeah, no, nah, I remember <laughs> like, probably, <laughs> I lost my train on Fortnite. Um, yeah, I think I remember yeah, I remember Kembo like um, but it's mad though cause so I I don't know I don't know if I don't I'm not I don't want to disrupt your flow but just quickly yeah, you said on. like um, I won't
1: call no more names I apologize no that's
0: cool <laughs> you said Wayne and Philip was like literally that was kind of like okay cool these are like the people that close to me at the time yeah and naturally they are the people that like can support me through like dealing with the loss of your like your stepdad and stuff but when they kind of moved away was that when you kind of thought, actually you know what maybe I'll just like I will bounce the street, street things okay, I'll, I'll stick to that because. These lot are not here, so this is what I know. Like, do you know what I mean?
1: Well, the streets kind of helped me deal with a lot of the strain of society at that time because it was... I couldn't be a boy about it. I had to be a man about it. I couldn't cry about it because if I got... Cry- if I started crying about something like that, yeah, one of the elders would have thumped me up for it. So it was like, I. that's why I say I have the shell now because from... That early age of learning the streets makes you... That's why we have problems now as grown-ups. Because the streets made us in... Not like a monster, but we don't have any kind of release mechanism. We hold it very deep inside ourselves. Does that make sense?
0: What as you mean as in like...
1: I imagine, yeah, let's talk about it, yeah? Abuka, yeah? So our last
0: year of of secondary school. Rest in peace, man. Yeah?
1: I saw the the CCTV footage, but I was grieving at the same time because one of my boys, yeah, Nathan, had been shot. Yeah. So it was like, I had two deaths in a matter of a week and numbness was present. Like, you want to grieve but you can't grieve because you're used to it does that yeah like, make sense like i'm, I'm, like, yeah, I'm not I'm looking not... approval from you i'm just trying to no 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 no, express I, get, I, no it. I get
0: you I, th- I think um what with that is that like, because you've been through so much grief it's like i could be wrong but it's like you don't have time for example you've you've gone through one loss then another loss then another loss So it's like where's the where's the time where how do you even find time to even like grieve properly like do you know what i mean it's like yeah are you you like and because you're so used to death it's like okay um, it's, it's, this is this is like the norm so it's it's not it's not like a it's not like a uh abnormal feeling do you, do you know what i'm trying to say yeah so like it's i think it's um i think it's like <laughs> a, a, not scientific but like a psychological to like it's like here's humu- a psychological hum- block. cumulative grief in it so when like one grief after the other so it's like so when you're so used to so much grief it's like okay yeah i'm just Okay, this is just something I've got. I just yeah, you're just numb to it, it's like, you know.
1: Yeah, and that's where I found it difficult with my biological mom mm. because there was there was grief, but a lot of the grief was of absence from my mum. because it was I grew up in foster care. I knew my mum was there, but it was, let's say manipulated by foster care to what I knew and what I didn't know. So there was a lot of my mum that I didn't know until she passed away. And then that opened chapters in my life where I've grown up, where there's questions attached to it, where I want to go back to my mum and ask the questions. Because my mum suffered from schizophrenia. And it was like, she suffered from schizophrenia at a certain age. And I was coming up to that age and... I started feeling depressed and everything like that. So I felt like I needed my mum to ask her, like, is there some, like reassurance, like how I've come on this podcast and I'm talking to you, Mm. I'm looking for reassurance in my chain of thoughts because when I say that, um, why do I need, why do I need reassurance? Uh, everything is self evaluated.
0: Mm.
1: So because I've lived the life I've lived, other people's experiences might be a different chain of thought to it. How I react to it, to how another person reacts yeah. to it, can be completely different.
0: So, sorry, do you, do you mean how someone reacts to grief? Or grief. Just, in, 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 just things in general. Just, just things yeah, in yeah, general. Was, yeah.
1: Like, might like, There's a saying I say, yeah, that the history is our blood of our future. Mm. Because what our past, what we've gone through in our past, makes us adjust our thoughts in the future yeah if you burn your hand on a fire you're not gonna go there unprotected again are you exactly you're gonna learn from it so yeah that's that's why I ask for reassurance because maybe your experience might make you have a different view to what my experience is
0: yeah like do you know know what it is because when you because one thing that kind of that got to me even from the last time because you said it's the whole like obviously your mum your, your biological mum passed away, hmm. but it's like kind of like uh, heavy grief because it's the grief that obviously she's passed away, but it's also the grief of the of the absence, and yeah. the third thing is like there's a lot of questions that you have, but it's like you can't quite get them, so that 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 causes some sort of frustration.
1: I have a confession to make, and I'll make it live on tape. Hmm. I didn't treat my mum very well, hmm. so like regret is attached to my grief, right. Because, like I say about the manipulation of foster care, I was told I wasn't wanted. And I took that that, that emotion and took it out on my mum. Like, I used to hit my mum, I used to swear at my mum, I used to feel unneeded by my mum. And people used to turn around to me and say, you will grow up and you will regret that. But that was my way of releasing my tension towards my mum. Because I didn't understand why I lived in a separate house to my mum. I didn't understand why my mum was only allowed to see me once a week and things like that. Don't get me wrong. I love my foster mum. Please, I beg you. I love my foster mum. But my mum's attention... I'm an only child. Mm. And my mum's attention was on all of the other foster kids. I was there. I was more part of the furniture, if that makes sense. Like when my mum had little kids to look after and everything like that, I had to help her. Cause like I said, with my first stepdad, my first stepdad was dying of cancer. So you're not gonna grow up as a kid and see, uh, you're not gonna see your mum stressed out, resourcing to smoking and drinking. And I'm not saying my mum's a bad mum and everything like that. But that was her sort of release to things, like to stress in there, And then expect her to be there for you. You want to help your mum. And then my biological mum came and lived with us when my first stepdad died in our new house for seven years. And it was like I got to know my mum a little bit better. But the mental health was a massive barrier between me and my mum. Because my mum, do you know something called sectioned?
0: Um, as in it's
1: kind of like a uh, like a short period of imprisonment in a mental yeah, institute. Yeah. So like if
0: if you have mental uh, mental health disorders, um, depending on the severity, they can section Yeah.
1: Yeah. And my mum used to get sectioned very regularly, once a year at least. Yeah. And it was like she was there but you didn't know if she was going to be there tomorrow.
0: Okay. So it was, c- and is that because uh, cause of her mental health? Yeah. So is that yeah. when you said that, that, although she lived with you for the past seven years, but there was an issue of, um, well, I can't say there was an issue, but there was that mental health that was there, that, that kind of caused some sort of like a barrier. Yes. In developing like a, a proper relationship. Yes. Okay. But and then
1: when I got into my, my, early 20s and I was grieving because of my mum I started to understand my mum a bit more I started to understand why her mental illness was so severe because of what she had gone through and how she was dealing with it so Mm. it was a little bit like how do I pull it there was remorse remorse that I didn't understand my mum there's still remorse till today Against like remorse today to how I treated my mum and how I understood my mum because no one I actually like no one actually sat me down to tell me what my mum was going through. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's like, because when you said there's a lot of, um, you just said there's a lot of regret attached to your your grief. Yeah. But is that regret because of the way you well regret of the way her. you treated her? But but also at this at the same and I, I'm not I can't not
1: understanding her. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry. No. 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 It's, no. It's cool. And the thing is as well because at the time you didn't you kind of felt you know what there was a lot of resentment because you felt okay well why doesn't she want me? But on 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 her side she's going through a lot as well. But obviously you don't understand that no. at the time in it so. In a way, I get, I get, yeah, your grief is your grief. I get that, but in in the same in the same vein, it's like at the same time, you know what? You can't be too hard on yourself as well because it's like you didn't kind of know what she was going through. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not justifying, you know what? I, like it is what it is, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? But at the same time, you didn't know that she was going through mental health issues, so hence why she's like this, and maybe in some respects, it's like her like saying those things to you, maybe that was her way of like, you know, trying to protect you from all of that. She was. Mm. But I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. You, d- you didn't know. So I didn't I, know. exactly.
1: Uh, and that's, that's the, the barrier or the hurdle that I've had to climb over because it was taking a pot of emotions for one thing. And then it having to go into another bucket for another thing because mm. Don't get me wrong, my mum made an effort. Like when I look at my mum's behavior now as a much older child or adult, my mum really did love me. Mm. My mum did a lot of things to try and prove that she loved me. But because I didn't understand, there's a lot of things that I took for granted in a sense. So, my grief now is not self pity but I would just love to have a minute of my mum's time to say, "I'm sorry
0: that's that's deep man
1: it's that 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 is yeah, you say it's deep, but that is what a lot of the thing is because when like when I first started going through it, like you wanted to touch on it today about the suicide, mm. yeah. Imagine you're a child or, or a very young adult in a sense. I, I, I still class myself as a child because I don't feel like I've expressed as much as being a child now. Uh, what I'm trying to say is I still have childish instincts because I'm still trying to release that in a child because of the way I grew up with my first stepdad having yeah. cancer, then my mum suffering from. So let's let's put the two names. Um, my biological mum my foster mum yeah my biological mum suffering from mental health il- illness and then my biological uh, my foster mum suffering with her own mental illness because of the man dying my first stepdad yeah, yeah. dying of cancer and then her feeling alone with a child that I am she lost her job at the same time so she was under a lot of stress Then my biological mum came in and she tried to give a hand. And while she was trying to give a hand, she was present in my life, but there was still that I favoured my foster mum over my biological mum. And I felt like I needed to do that because I had a bond with my foster mum but not with my biological mum. And then when my mum passed away, my mum suffered from depression. My foster mum suffered from depression. She She was very on the verge of having a breakdown and it was like i felt i had to be there for my foster mom like i had to be the support network for my foster mom because that's what my mom would have my biological mom would have wanted me to do yeah but it was only until i hit like say about 23 24 this was about so i was 19 when my mom died it was 10 years ago like i said to you earlier and I was reminiscing about all the things I'd done and started thinking about my mum and everything like that because I distracted myself in my studies. When it came to my mum's anniversary, I distracted myself with my studies. I isolated myself and everything like that. But then I felt like a horrible person because the remorse started to be more present. I started getting around my mum's biological side of the family and starting to get to know my mum, yeah,
0: like like through through through, through her family, yeah.
1: Because I never grew up with my biological side of my mum's mm. family. Like I I visited them when I was a kid, but then there was a, a very massive period where, let's say, I was a black sheep. Every environment that I was in, I felt like the black sheep. So even with my biological side of my mum's family. I felt like a black sheep because pictures of my biological family were, because of my mum's mental illness, she had took my pictures and tore all of their their presence out of the pictures, so it was just a picture of me, but a ripped picture, if that makes sense. Mm. So I didn't get to know them, but then I reached out to them and started to get to know them, and Like, nearly every year we have, like, an anniversary where I go and talk to them. But I don't think they will ever understand how difficult it is for me to go around them. Because my mum and her brothers are identical. Mm. So when I go around them, I see my mum. And inside myself, I kind of feel like I want to talk to them and say, I'm sorry. But I can't, like, this is the first time I'm opening up about it. And I can't go to them and say, I mistreated your sister. I can't go to them and say, I'm sorry to them when I need to go say sorry to my mom, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I've, I've took bike rides to where I scattered her ashes and I've broke down crying and everything like that to say I'm sorry. But when I was 24 and 25 and around that ages, there was periods where I felt so horrible as a person that I didn't feel like I deserved to be living.
0: Mm. Like, because when you when we when we spoke that time, because I remember one thing. Well, I I remembered a lot from the conversation because it was 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 quite deep and yeah, it was, yeah. it was, was getting into it. Do you know what I mean? And when you said like, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, like, like, it was it wasn't just it was you had like suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And this wasn't like just like it was just like, like a re- like a regular was quite like reoccurring. Yeah. And. Because
1: it was a difficult pill to swallow.
0: And was that more more so because of this idea in your head that, you know, because you you can't, like you felt very remorseful and you felt like, you know, I I can't find a way to like basically apologise to my mum, like physically. Mm. So that kind of, that kind of, you were wrestling with that. Yeah. And as a result of that, it's kind of, as a result of that unrest, like, is that what led to, like, the, the suicidal thoughts?
1: It was other factors as well. Other factors in my life where I had matters that I couldn't talk. It's difficult because, like I said, this is the first time I'm yeah, talking. Yeah, definitely.
0: I mean, don't, about, out yeah, it. I mean, don't worry. <coughs> just, you know, we are not to go into... That crazy deal just yeah but' you there's, feel comfortable, you the know? thing is my
1: my coping mechanism and it's wrong I've learned that it's wrong after a while was I kept everything inside internal yeah. and what I've learned to realize is when you keep things inside, it becomes poisonous when you speak out about it you're you're speaking out because you're venting it in one thing and another thing is if you're saying it to people that care about you they will help. Yeah. They will talk to you, they will help you and they will adjust your chain of thought. That's where the reassurance comes in yeah. where if your experience is different to mine, you might give me a different experience and let me learn from your experience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was it, it was a very difficult thing because there was other factors as well. I was in a relationship with, with my baby mum at the time and that wasn't going very well because I was taking responsibility that I wasn't ready to take at the time. So it was a massive like that bucket of emotion someone came with a wooden spoon and just spun it around, spun it around, spun it around, and I didn't know how to to deal with it and my chain of thought was the easy way out the exit route if that makes sense
0: yeah not th- Yeah. that's honestly i I feel like it's it's good that you are like to that point where you can talk about it because sometimes yeah like this the silent battles that is it's often hard like i mean i i've had times where i'm like you know what, okay i'm just i'm keeping something in but after a while no, no matter what i do i can just leave it there keep it in something's gonna something's gonna gonna give and, and i almost got to a point where like you know what like i was so i was so helping keeping a lot of this stuff in especially with my mum's grief like because of my 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 things always that i don't want I don't want to just bother anyone like everyone's got their own lives to live like if I'm gonna come and 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 talk to someone about grief it's not going to be like a oh, a little quick five minute conversation oh yeah mm. or oh, how are you well like i mean because that I know Do you that, remember when lot. you
1: said that to me what my answer was
0: no along the lines of you shouldn't keep it in
1: I said call me.
0: Exactly, but then, but then, you, but then, it's like yeah. you're saying that to me. But then, you, should, it's that, it's vice versa, though.
1: Yeah, but they, they, they always say yeah, that you can't take your own advice. Exactly, it should be vice you, versa. Now, I, I, I say yeah, that if you want professional advice, speak to yourself in the mirror. Mm. But um, that's just something I've learned yeah. recently. But when you come to me, it's like I care for you. Mm. So it's like we're talking right now, but. You telling me about your mum helps me cope with my mum. Yeah. So that's why, like, I've not got counselling. Like, I've listened to your podcasts and I've heard lots of your guests and everything like that, and they talk about counselling. And I'm against counselling because of my mum's mental health issue. I'm against counselling because I believe that if my mum had counselling at a very young age, she wouldn't have had the effects of schizophrenia later on in her life because there was trauma that my mum had that made her have schizophrenia. And I don't want to go over it too much because it's a lot of gruesome details, but my mum had something happen to her. She was sexually assaulted. Mm. yeah. And instead of her being catered for, she was imprisoned for. She was put into a convent. So she came out and said that she was being sexually assaulted by a member of her family, and then they put her in a convent. So that caused her.
0: Sorry to interrupt, bro. Sorry, just um, what 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 do you mean by a, a convent? A
1: convent is a Roman Catholic school, oh, so it's right, like right, okay, a hostel. Okay, oh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like a nunnage, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, so she had to deal with that. Like she felt like she was the the. She didn't feel like she was the victim. She felt like she was the...
0: Perpet- perpetrator. perpetrator.
1: Yeah. And she was punished for it. And then she tried to hide it. And then when she hit like 24, 25, um, she started hearing voices in her head telling her to do things. So my mum jumped from a four-floor balcony because the voice in her head told her to do it. So... When I say that things happened to me that I would love to go back to my mom and talk about, is when I started thinking about the remorse towards my mom. It was a factor that it was like am I might go in schizophrenic. Hmm. I'm, I'm hearing voices, like I'm hearing voices telling me to take my life and things like this. But am I might go mad, and it was a very scary situation. It was, I say, scary. It was. T- but I was petrified. I'm not going to lie. I was petrified. I started putting tattoos on my skin to remind me of when I'm at my weak points. Why, what I've gone through and what's made me be the person I am today. And I can say yeah, that it's made me very egotistical. Because I believe yeah, that now as a 29 year old man, I believe that God works with me. Mm. If that makes sense. Like I feel everything happens in this world. For me to, like COVID, for example, let's make a joke about it. Yeah. I used to drink, I used to smoke. Yeah. I used to socialize. Mm. Yeah. Now God brought COVID in. I can't go out. So guess what? For a year, I haven't smoked and I haven't drunk because I'm not out there. Yeah. I'm not socializing like that. And I know yeah, that when the clubs open back up, I ain't going to be doing it.
0: COVID's, COVID's kind of like just. Not what I won't say Secured you, but you know what? Like just makes you realize actually you don't even need all that. No. Like it's like you're you're calm about it.
1: Yeah. But it was a an escape mechanism.
0: Right, okay. I feel it,
1: you. Uh, yeah. When you lie there paralytic, uh you're how do I pull it? It's an escape. You feel like you are in a different world and you don't you the stresses of life now is not yours.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like COVID kinda made you realise, you know, a lot of the things you you're worried about it's not even that It's
1: deep. not that deep deep. No.
0: And and in your case the lot a lot of the things you were using to, to cope, you don't even need that. No. Like, do you know what I mean? So I guess
1: I picked up my Bible instead. Do you
0: know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I guess like I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying well, I don't know, but it, yeah, I'm not with the whole COVID thing, but I, th- I think there's there's a silver lining in it. Yeah, there for, is. And, uh, for ev- and for everyone, it's different. Do you know what I mean? For me, it's different. For Ben, it's different. Yeah. Obviously, in your case, for you, it's like, you know what? like It just showed you that you know, but you don't actually need this to cope. No. There's going to be other ways. And sometimes when, when you kind of get that awakening, it's hard because you think, oh, what am I going to do? When but it's like, you know what? Maybe God's like, you know what? Chill. Though. Don't worry, I got you. Like,
1: Well... I don't, like I said, I don't want to name names or anything like that. And I won't name organisations, but...
0: Don't worry, listen, name, don't, I, don't I, name I, names. I, we can just bleep, bleep. We can just bleep. I If you want. Let's say yeah, good, that bro. I was
1: a regular out in Brixton. Yeah. Yeah. And there was people that knew me as a friend and that, mm. but they would see me get so paralytic. And never pull me aside and go, is everything okay? Like, are you all right? Because they had their own stuff that they needed to go through. Mm. And now stepping out of that that facilities, I would say that I want to flip grief, the word grief. It's not just about people dying that we have grief. We can have grief in so many different aspects of life. But... We socialize grief to just someone going. Yeah, yeah. But like, I can say yeah, that grief comes to me in a different way as well. It's not just about people dying. It can be people taken away from you. Like my like, son was like, taken away from yeah. me. So my grief was absence of my son. So like I was out drinking because I felt like I'd lost everything. Like, I'm readjusted now because I'm trying to get my life back on yeah. on track. But there was a point, I'd say probably about three years ago, that my life took a spiral down. I was drinking eight cans of Guinness a night. I was smoking probably about eight balls of weed as well. I was still working, but I was turning up to work late in the morning. And I lost my job, lost my son lost the house that I was living in because I I just run myself to the ground self pity in fact I run myself down to the ground where I felt like I deserved it I was suffering from like health conditions as well and I didn't even go to the GP because I felt like the pain that I was feeling I deserved it like Everything that I talk about, remorse towards my mum, sometimes I cause pain to myself in my grief. I'm my own enemy. Like, I feel like pain makes me feel like I'm still someone. Where I talk about numbness before, that was me trying to prove to myself that it's like someone pulling a blade to their wrist on a suicidal thought they put the, the the blade there just to see the pain, that they're still alive. Like I endured pain to make me feel like I was still human because in my mind, when I was dealing with all of the depression behind everything, I felt unhuman. Mm. I felt not a part of this world. And I'll go back. I didn't know how to ask for help. Even till today, I still don't know how to ask for help when I'm going through the situation. As you can tell, you've been a support network with this month. And have I really come to you and spoke to you about anything really until this podcast? Like, I've gone, no, I'm cool. I'm cool, I'm cool. But you checking up on me has caused me not to be so bad. Mm. Like... This is the first year that I can actually say that I feel a sigh of relief. Like I've actually forgave myself. Like I can't turn back time. I can't go back and as much as I would love to turn around and say I'm sorry to my mum, I can't. All I can do is say it in my prayers and hopefully she can hear or Jehovah can pass it on to her. But... I have to forgive myself because my mum would want me to forgive myself now because I can't be dragging myself down anymore. I, I'm not saying that I deserve it. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that I've enchanneled a spirit inside me, no witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've enchanneled a spirit inside me that has made me feel that. I have to do the best that I can do. If I really want forgiveness, I have to become the person that she wanted me to grow up to be. Because when I look at her actions and everything like that, she wanted me to She wanted me to become of something. My mum was something. Mm. As much as her mental health was a problem, if I was to tell you that I was a kid with the first PlayStation, because she won it off the radio, when it came to radio DJs, they... They were on a first-name basis with my mum Like Daddy Ernie, the whole of the Capital FM, or Choice FM back then My mum used to go to radio And go and talk to them on radio and go to their clubs, like their parties and everything like that But I didn't know this Like because of my mum's mental health and she told me all these stories I thought it was fabricated But it was only until my mum passed away that I actually realised My mum had a social life behind all mm. of her mental health, she had a social life. And she wants me to have a social life. She doesn't want me to be stuck at home, depressed, drinking, smoking, hiding away from the world that I live in.
0: Yeah. Do you know, do you know what, because what mm. obviously like I've, I've known you for time, yeah. And even, even be- before we've had this conversation, be- even before we've had a conversation that we had that time, mm. like, I've always seen you as like smart. Like even, I remember one time I saw you in the city I don't know. You probably won't remember. I think it was coming up from work. Mm. I think it was like, "Oh, I was like, what, are you, what are you doing yourself?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm just I've, I'm am um, in engineering." And I was like, "Oh, like," but I wasn't I wasn't surprised about all of that. Yeah. Even even because I, I knew he was always smart. But what what's even beautiful to see now, is that, you were going for all of that, and you're you're now at a place of you know what I'm at peace now, and like you've kind of made that I will oh I can't I can't sort of speak for you and say that you know you you've kind of like, of all the demons and stuff, but you, it seems like you're at a place where you know what like I've made peace with this idea that like yeah I had remorse about my mum you know because of the way I treated her but you know you, you're you at peace now and that's kind of helped to kind of transition to this place of where you know what you can now get on with your life and, and be great in your own path do you know what I'm trying to say like
1: so last year December was when I finished my whole tattoo mm. and the first tattoo I got was of my mum as an angel with headphones on yeah and Now I have a whole upper body tattoo where everything that is my childhood is all attached. And uh, when I talk about shell, shell, it's my armor. So now when I look at grief and stress and day-to-day run-ins of life and the depression attached to it, I feel like I can overcome it because all of the tattoos inside me symbolize when I look in the mirror, even though I'm fat now. That um, if I can overcome that, I can overcome this. Does mm. that? Yeah, no, make I get sense? that. I get that, and
0: that's that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying is that's that's a beautiful place to be in because like when you when you tell me oh you know like, I've I'm going through such that's like that's obviously no one can understand that apart from you do you know what I mean? But mm. but what I'm trying to get at is like how you kind of went from that. That that sort of dark sort of space to that like, to this point where you know what, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna live now. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but as you mentioned in your podcast previously, it's about up and downs. Mm. Like, I can be I can be all happy in front of you, but I can be in severe pain in internally. Like, there's a lot of people out there that suffer with grief, and they suffer with it. In very different and bizarre ways That some people don't even grieve until like 20 years after the death Because they It's not that they don't see a reason why They hang on to the ability that maybe one day Like I mentioned to you I still feel like my mum will knock on the door And say April 4th Like that's how some people deal with grief they hide it. And I was very good at hiding it. But I hid it in two places that when I was alone, I expressed it in the way that I thought was my way of dealing with it. Hiding from it. So because I was at work, people were happy around me. So I bounced off with their vibe. I was happy because they were happy. But then when I was at home, I wasn't happy. Because I was alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's when the time for me to reminisce on things and things is when things, like this podcast is called Thinking Out Loud. Have you ever thought about overthinking? About the same situation? I overthink
0: overthink all the time, bro. Yeah, and sometimes that is your worst enemy
1: because you're overthinking about something and you can, like I said, I was my own enemy. I was internally looking at myself as a horrible person. as much as i want to sing michael jackson man in the mirror yeah but that reflection back is it something that you're proud of Mm. like i'm looking back at that reflection and i'm like i'm not happy i'm not happy because of everything that's happened and it was like an anchor to me like loving someone like me going into a relationship with someone it's very difficult because that, the stress of my mum, as much as I had two mums, the stress of my mum not being there, I looked for my mum in relationships. I wanted to be mothered. Okay. And now I've learned to adjust to that. So I'm not so much as a child that's looking for a mother. I'm more of a father in the relationship where I cook and I clean and things like that. I'm taken anyway, girls. But... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, um, I've adjusted my ability to outsource my energies of grief now where when I feel depressed, I will go for a bike ride. Like There's been times where I've decided I want to go to Richmond Park to go for a bike ride. And I've ended up in Brighton where my mum's ashes are scattered. Don't ask me how I got
0: there. Uh, I was even gonna say, bro, like not walk. Uh, that's no, nah, not a, walking.
1: I you know I ride a motorbike. That's that's,
0: that's a mad. Uh, what's that? What's how many miles is that? It's
1: only like fifty-three miles. I said like only that. like
0: fifty-three miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's
1: but it's on the motorbike. So what you need to understand when you jump on the A23 and you're going down to Brighton, it's quite a nice, relaxed... Like coming to this podcast today, mm. for an hour, I went for a walk before I came to this podcast because I needed to breathe yeah to know yeah that when i come to this podcast i'm not gonna break down crying i'm not gonna feel bad for everything i am like feeling and everything like that i have to learn to forgive myself Mm. if i seek forgiveness from my mom i have to give forgiveness to myself as well i forgave my mom for everything so i believe that my mom would forgive me but I spoke to her, like I spoke to my foster mum the other day about all of this and the way that I was just like I'm coming on this podcast and everything like that. She didn't understand what the hell a podcast was, yeah. and I was trying to explain to her. And
0: yeah, I remember. I remember yeah, you remember, yeah, you remember you telling me. Yeah,
1: and um, just kind of blurted out how I've been coping. She broke down crying. She broke down crying, and she said, "I never knew." And I was like, "Yeah, I feel like this." and then my dad my my, my stepdad came in uh, my new stepdad but he came when I was 11 so you have to understand there was a one year difference between me losing my first stepdad and then my second stepdad yeah. coming in and he's been a miracle I'm not going to lie he was a miracle coming into my life because where I was in the gangs he took me out of the gangs and everything like that like he showed me my how to be a man in in a sense, but he has his own problems, I'm not going to lie, like, he doesn't deal with stress, himself and depression, Mm. but, um, yeah, I was, I I was talking to my mum, and my dad walked in, and was like, just man up, and, it kind of, scarred me a little bit, because it was like, I'm venting right now, and you're closing me down, and then I had to pull him up, and say, Listen, I I don't mean any badness or anything like that. And my mum backed me on it as well. And then my dad, like, because my dad came halfway through the conversation, he didn't understand the conversation. But then he got an idea of what was going on and left. He, he left me and my mum to talk. And then I spoke to my mum and my mum broke down crying again at the end of the conversation and was like, I'm so happy to have had this conversation. Because there was stuff that was on my mum's mind that she needed to release. She felt bad. She felt bad for the way that I treated my mum. She blamed herself.
0: Mm, that's that's some deep stuff. It feels like...
1: But that, never, that conversation would never have happened if you didn't invite me onto this podcast. So this podcast has caused me to have healing external to the podcast. Cause I've gone and had a conversation with my foster mom, and that's caused that to heal.
0: Mm. No, that that's that's beautiful beautiful thing. Not only on the most asp- more so on the aspect of like it's, it's helped you. Like I'm I'm like I'm not like you know me. I'm not like a I'm not egotistical and I'm not like oh yeah. So that that means that, but yeah. it's but the important thing and, and I, what I kind of say to like even what I kind of thing to all of us and everyone listening is like if it if you can get to a place where you know you're you're thinking more positively you're dealing with grief that's what it's about because obviously like i know like again like there's, there's ups and downs i can't say like you know today i'm cool tomorrow i'm gonna be cool. like i just don't know and it's up up and down but it's something that continuously work for it but it's good to see that you know you you come from a place where you know what you've like you're i mean the drinking excessively the smoking blaming yourself now you're, you're at peace with that. And even going to your to your foster mom and it was like, oh, right, I never even knew that. So you so it, it's even helped your relationship with her. And it's mm. like, bro, that's 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 beautiful to see, man. Podcast or not, like you getting to that place, like that's, bro, it's it's good, man. Cause that's like, like, it's took me ten like, years. Exactly, mm. bro. That's, bro, it's it's good to see, man. That like, that's, I, I, I don't know. I feel I'm just I can't quite find the words to, to pinpoint what I'm trying to articulate, but it's, no, just knowing that, like, it's of it, relief. A, it's amazing, bro. Because yeah. even every time we bump into, it, or even though like sometimes we have small convos, like even even obviously apart from today and even our last convo, I didn't know half the stuff you were going through. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. you, just, you just seemed fine. Yeah. Like, like everyone does, we just seem fine. We're just like yeah, I'm cool. Everything's everything is is sweet because it's just like our 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 default kind of response as men sometimes as well. Do you know what I mean? Because like I said before, some of us were like, you know what? I ain't really trying to get into it or bother well, re- people.
1: I haven't really been... On the social media, yeah. yeah? I haven't really been scared to talk about suicide from about a year and a half ago. Because Tyro, Tyrell, Tyrell Dan, yeah. from our school, he talked about it. And that kind of gave me the sigh of relief that I wasn't alone. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what? I'm always on Instagram. I always post like, other people's posts but it's not really like a valuable content so i was like i'm gonna write a little small little story about like my depression and my suicidal thoughts and i thought it would only be a couple of slides but then 10 slides later i'm realizing that i'm writing a whole book about everything and how i feel and how i review yeah. everything and few male friends in my close circle I won't say too close but in my close circle came messaged me privately and was like fam I felt suicidal and even now I've got a couple of them that we like how I talk to you I'll message them once a month say everything good and check-in and everything like that and I'm talking about people that have made it as well like they they're in very good jobs very comfortable in life, but in the background, they're they're grieving. So, it it is a uh, not. I won't say it's a taboo that men need to talk about it because I don't want to follow fashion because that's what has been coming out in the last couple of years. But I feel like that you need to be a man. Now you need to be a boy first. Learn about your environments first. Don't learn from the mistakes of the man that was before you. Learn from the mistakes of the man that's inside you. Like, don't be scared to speak to your partner about things that is vulnerable. Trust me, if she can't, this is my view. I'm not saying, yeah, that is a concrete view, but Mm. it's my view. If you can't speak to your partner about things that shows your vulnerability, then she can't support you at your lowest.
0: Oh, that's that's not that should be a universal view. It's not even, it's, it's like, with anyone, any any relationship will get well. We're talking about the concept of relationships in terms of like, yeah, uh, romantic relationships. Like, it's if you can't be vulnerable with your partner, bro, what what's the point?
1: Well, yeah.
0: Oh, not what? not what's the point? But you know what I mean. Like, as in, that's quite key. Like, as in, that's what we're just about. Exactly. You want you want to wanna be at your complete self. You want to be open and to the point where you know, if if you have something on your mind, you can completely let your guard down. Like, we even just briefly, we even had um, uh, when we had a a, a guest on uh, a a guy named Francis, and he was saying he kind of said the same thing you as well. Like, when he lost his dad, one thing that helped him was being able to express to him himself, express to his partner. As in, just without no shame, without no guilt, like mm. just being able to be so transparent, open, and like that helped him. So that's that's key. Like it's not it, that's key. Like you can't, you know, you you want to feel comfortable. You want to feel like you're in, you have a safe space in your in your misses, Do you know what I mean?
1: Well, swallowing something I said earlier about counselling. Yeah. We can be counselled in a community. Hmm. So I haven't paid for professional counselling. I have seeked counselling from my peers if that makes sense. Yeah. Like speaking to my mum, speaking to my dad, speaking to partners and friends as well. So yeah, I've had count but this is me opening up. Mm. Before when I've spoken to people, I've not really opened up to this extent. It's just I miss my mum. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm. So it's they're like, Oh yeah, it's alright for you to miss your mum, your mum's your mum, and blah 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 blah. But all of the content that's in the back of the back of my mind I've not expressed until recent times. So that's why there has been a change, like in in uh in in a sense.
0: I feel mean, my belly's just moving. It's just killing. It's mad rumbling. Like, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to talk so it doesn't It starts making noise. Like, but nah, that's nah. I I feel. I feel like. Are you
1: hungry for content or are you hungry for <laughs> food? Bro, you know, maybe maybe
0: for both. Maybe for both. Mm-hmm. I've just been like, this is. Just, it's been a like, a mad convo, and obviously, like, I, if it was there, yeah, if if time wasn't a thing, like, bro, we'll, we'll be, we'll be chatting for time. But I feel like. I don't know. It's mad. Is that it? Is it? Are we? Are, are we finished now? No, no, no. no. I mean, oh, what? It's not like, no, mean. no, no, no. Oh, we're uh, I was we're, say, we're wow. good for maybe like what? I mean, with, like, it's like seven. Yeah, we're we good. Yeah, for a couple, maybe five, ten. Okay. Do cool. you know what I mean. But what what I was gonna say is like, like me personally, like that I went quick.
1: I, that's all I'm saying. That I went quick. That went quick.
0: Bro, that's what I'm saying. Time time goes quick when you when you just like, yeah. just deep into it. But I feel like it's it's, it's, it's brothers refreshing to see. And I always kind of say this to. Uh, well maybe I don't always say it but bro like like I said anytime you're feeling and I, I say to Ben as well any, bro like anytime you, I'm not saying I'm some sort of saviour or some you know uh, like no, this, this guy in there but I always say to him as well bro anytime bro hit me up like we bro we talk do you know what I'm trying to say because like, you've you gone
1: know? through it yeah you are a safe space
0: exactly so yeah. like I I, I want to be that for Cause you because you can't I'm judge running. me exactly, I, you exactly that,
1: yeah. That, yeah you can't judge me because you're going through it as well exactly and It's kind of like we're bouncing off of each other Mm. and we're both not saying we're both going through the same pain because we can say that our pains are different, Yeah. but we can share our pains with one another because we can compromise Mm. with the the emotions behind it because we're feeling it ourselves, if that makes sense. And that's why I think this podcast is great. When I came and spoke to you on the road, I said, your podcast is really great because you don't make people feel like they're alone Mm. when they're, when they're going through their hard times, like they can come to your podcast and hear someone talking. Like, I remember you had a girl where her dad killed her mom and that, that was, I'm not saying it was in my family, but it was very close to my family where that had happened. And I could compromise in my emotions to, a mate of mine that it happened to. So it, it, it kind of gives you a different view on how people deal with it. And like I said, like we need to adjust the way that we we approach things and yeah. from hearing different people's coping mechanism, we can adjust our coping mechanism to perfect it, if mm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely like and like there's, there's so much I'm sure it's the same with Benzo. There's so much that I've, I've like learned and taken, but one thing, one thing that, um, that kind of sticks out for me is that you saying, you know what, like you've come to a place where, you know, you was always like, again, just that hitting the juice hard, like smoking, like hard and now like, you know what, okay, I'm not saying just because of COVID entirely, but now like, you know what, okay, we're in this COVID mess now. I don't even need all that. Like that's, I'm, I'm good without like, and it's, it's good to see, man. Like it's, it's good to see. Like, do you know what I mean? And I'm just like, and and I'm not saying it's it's us, but I'm just glad that you're you're in this space now. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. like, you know what you're, you feel like you're more a piece of yourself. You know, of course you've you've been through a lot. Like you've, you, your grief, you've dealt with a lot, and a part of you at, at a point was like, you know what? Like I I have a lot of remorse. I'm uh, questions um i want to just tell mom oh, i'm sorry but but no you I'm know i'm not
1: i'm not going to say uh, that i'm healed yeah no definitely definitely not but i'm on the road of recovery exactly and, and, that's,
0: yeah. and that's and that's again one step at a time and that's that's the the beauty like this is this is so backwards that like we do it all the time like cause should it should have introduce to you from the from the jump well, for those listening, got messed up. Can I use your government or just just?
1: You don't know my government name, do you know it? Well, yeah, well, I've you like, my I, government. I know you, I know you bro. Yeah. How many times? I, what's my government name?
0: For those listening, can I can I I be, Can I use it or do you want to just no? Just I, I know you away. don't know my government name. By, yeah, Paul Bell, no, no. Nah.
1: Uh,
0: well, I, cha- I changed my name. Okay, so my
1: mum. So when my mum died, yeah. yeah, she wanted me to have um, some kind of ownership. Yeah. So she changed my name when I was fifteen, but I never knew. Oh, really? So she left my, my will, I- yeah. if you say, in my foster parents' yeah. last name. So my name is Paul Donaldson.
0: Oh, okay, Paul Donaldson. Yeah, so but I'm yeah, yeah.
1: previously known as Paul Bell.
0: Okay, so I can we can refer for all this, listeners, we've got Mr. Paul Donaldson. Yes.
1: Yeah, previously yeah. Paul and Bell.
0: I'm glad, like, and, and I'm sure you've heard his story, like his his journey, like and me personally, I'm glad that. Cause I, I said that when I hit you up, I was a bit. I was like, bro, like, just you know, obviously I showed you like what yeah. to talk about and stuff, and just wanted to make sure you were cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like. Because again, this is this is. A, I know I always say, it, but it's a it's a safe space, and I I feel like we wouldn't be doing the right thing with this if we, we we don't at least try and make sure everyone we invite on is comfortable. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, you, you definitely know.
1: made sure that I was comfortable. You sent me a list of questions that you'd like to ask today. Mm. And I was like, yeah, go. Because the thing is, this is your platform. I'm coming on your platform to express myself because it was a support. Like, I wanted to show a different opinion to Mm. how other people cope because I've heard different ideas. I've heard, like, how faith is attached to grief and everything like that. So I'm talking about, like, foster care, I'm talking about mental health. Yeah. And things like that. So I was just trying to bring my story forward so that anyone that's suffering the same way I'm suffering, yeah. I can help or make them feel like they're not alone, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. And I, and I think with that I said, even with... Can I put th- my
1: social media here? Yeah, but
0: yeah, of, yeah course, of, come, fi- huh? of course. Of yeah. course. Official boy. Plug yourself, boy. bro.
1: Official Britson boy. If anyone hears this podcast and they need someone to talk to, please drop me a DM and I'm happy to talk to you back. Yeah.
0: Are we are we gonna promote the? I, I don't know if that's that's from the street gym. Is that what you're wearing? No,
1: no, or, no. D- d- um this is Britson where This is just oh no,
0: because like, you know what? Because when, when I saw that, I was thinking um you know the, the t- um, yeah Britson yeah, I, I, I thought you wanted to, I was gonna say yeah, I, plug I, that as well. Like,
1: I I'm, I'm trying Britson Street Gym uh Tyrell, shout out to to, to Tyrell, Tyrell, yeah. yeah Tyrell yeah like if you, if you ever listen you know, yeah, yeah. Like, and A K uh bro A K Ben the, um they're two fellas that I've reached out to to talk to them because i'm going on a future venture and yeah. i'm hoping them to back me i want to open yeah. up a community center yeah yeah back in nice. Bristol. so yeah i'm
0: certain story, but when that when that happens yeah we've got i'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring you back on to yeah because the thing that. is
1: i'm gonna be build, I hopefully i'm gonna be building the studio inside there so nice. hopefully i can Bring <laughs> yeah,
0: hey, listen, we're, we're, we're gonna we'll bleat that. We'll, <laughs> we'll bleat that, that, yeah. You know yeah don't... But yeah,
1: the, um, I wanna try and I wanna try and open up a safe space for people or or kids from the streets yeah. because where I'm from, in Brixton, um, as much as we hide crime, crime is quite high where I'm from. Like I'm seeing boys getting stabbed still and things like that. So I feel like I, there needs to be an outreach centre attached mm. to it and I an know Tyrell new book coming out yeah. on the 4th of January I think mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah he's focused on his book launch at the moment but he's massive and giving back to the community and everything yeah. like that so I've got utmost respect for him yeah. like I spoke to him a month ago and told him about my like depression and everything like that and he was like I didn't even know didn't even know that I moved you like that, fam. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, gave me a hug and everything like that. And I was mm. just like, yeah, fam, just do what you're doing and it's utmost respect to you. So, yeah.
0: Have, have, you, um, have, you, have you been to um, his funny, his, you know, the men talk?
1: That's where the suicide thing came from. Really? The men really? talk, yeah. yeah.
0: That that was, uh. I think he, uh, Ben told me about that. I remember last year, that that was bro, that event, yeah. Mm. I feel like it was it was the perfect time like that the right time. Yeah, I was going through my own sort of issues at the time as well. And going through that it was just it just felt like yeah, you know what, this is like and even I won't say it kind of just inspired us to, with the pod, but it kinda of just gave me that, you know what?
1: That drive, yeah, yeah, calmness. Exactly up. so yeah,
0: 'cause I think someone invited me as well. I yeah. One of my friends Dave, so he knew about it, so I just went along and mm. like, I've been to like two or three events since then. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, th- I thought it was really, really good. But some of the stories yeah. were really, really deep though. Really so deep. You, <laughs> you have to understand it to be in the person's um, footsteps. Yeah. If that makes sense. So I think that kind of contributed to also the, the podcast as well. Mm. See, with it, the Terrell
1: story, yeah, yeah. I didn't know the full story behind it, but I could relate to it because I was like, fam, you come from the same streets as me. You might come from a different estate to me, but we're from the same streets and we went to the same school, yeah. so what you're saying is something that I can relate to. And there was another guy at Xavier. Xavier, Xavier, the life coach. Yeah, the life coach. Um, I, I started speaking to him behind closed doors. Uh, and he was very free of charge. He he normally charges, but um, just like little. DMs here and there and yeah, he, he, he put me back on the focused extent. At, at but then COVID came in, so I didn't go and meet him mm. in his office at the restaurant. But um yeah, I've these are people, yeah, that I'm like it gave me that kind of drive, like you said, to not be alone, to actually yeah. outreach and try and help people. That's why I'm trying to open up the community centre. Yeah. Because I know that there's a lot of kids that are growing up right now. I'm not even born that I can help uh, through my experiences and try and t- I don't want to talk too much about it because it's still in early days, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, I've seen a leash in the market and I'm not profiting from it because it will be a charity, but I'm going to build it as a charity. But, um, my business idea behind it. Everyone that I've gone to to talk about it, they're like fully like steamrolling. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. So,
0: but bro, listen, it's it's been a pleasure, man. And like I said, um, just thank you for sharing, bro. That's no that's man, like, It was man. my pleasure, sharing,
1: Sorry, yeah, but, uh, bro,
0: so, nah, bro, Don't No, nah,
1: I'm sorry for being so powerful because <laughs> I. I <don't laughs> know. Yeah, you're joking. <laughs> it 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 was was a, a, I'm sorry for being so powerful. <laughs> no, because the thing is, like i didn't know how to approach this to be honest with you like there's stuff that's internal that i didn't want to share Mm. and then why i went for the walk before the podcast is because i had to break them shackles yeah and say no i want to talk about this i want to talk about this because i need to get off my chest yeah and this is a platform of not just to your listeners but to my listeners as well. Yeah. Because when this comes out, I'm going to be giving it out to my family and my friends and be posting it on my social yeah. to say, listen, this is me. This is raw me and how I feel about something that happened that I haven't spoken about. And like one of my friends that I said yeah that I spoke to on social media where I speak to him every month and things like that, we were gonna talk about a podcast together, mm. and this I will send that to him, and be like, "Yo, fam, this is my podcast. This is what I did with my boy and everything like that." What do you think about it? And get his review, and yeah. hopefully he'll pass it on to his social media, because his social media is very high to mine. Mm. So yeah,
0: definitely. I just all the best in everything, Network. man. That's that's what it's about, bro. Yeah.
1: And thank you for having me. Really, you, really, bro. really, really. Thank you, Listen, both of you, for having bro.
0: me. Spud me, bro. It's been, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you, mate. And on that note, take care, guys. Over this world. This is the last episode of the year. So, twenty twenty has been a mad one. Happy New Year. Ha- it's been a mad one, but like, yeah. Let's just hope twenty twenty one is a more is a London. more uh, peaceful year and more importantly more a year of continuous growth so and that's with all of us everyone listening um and yeah that's that's about it man we just want one, one step at a time do you know what i mean so yeah everyone take care